All right, welcome back everybody to another year with Betting with Babies. It's year two. We feel smarter, more prepared, and excited to be here is an understatement. We're revamped, ready to roll for our second season with the pod. We've got our squad here, Mr. No Days Off and Maddie Stats. It's been a long off season, boys. How are we feeling? What's up, Amato? Maddie? I'm feeling great. You know, this time of year is just amazing for all uh, fans, and especially for fans like like myself and uh, Mr. Clutch over here, where we are fans of teams that suck. So there's nothing better than the last preseason game and week one where you think you plugged every hole, that your draft picks are all going to hit, and your quarterback's suddenly going to be good, even though they, you haven't had a good quarterback in 15 years. So I'm flying high. Maddie, how you doing? I'm doing good, and I am enjoying, you know, I was going to call it a backhanded compliment, but it was like a front-handed insult because you essentially said the Cowboys are a good team. So thank you for that. They're, they're better but, than our teams. I, I yeah, did pick up on that. Although you did have the luxury of hard knocks this season being a Cowboys fan. Worst which, hard knocks ever. It wasn't that- a lot of drama. We're uh, we're ready to win a championship this year, so yeah, okay. you know, there's not going to be a lot of drama. Well, we are going to get to see that very soon because Cowboys are kicking off the regular season against the Bucks tomorrow night, and so looking forward to that. But real quick, boys, before we get into it, just want to cover some of the new segments for this week. Uh, we are going to keep it to about 30 minutes. We're going to do our best to try to get to the meat of the stuff that everybody here wants to hear And so we've got our pod picks that we're bringing back from last year. We're going to put a different spin on it this year. We're going to go with our lock of the week for each member of the pod. We're going to keep track of that all season long to see who's got the best record. And we're going to put some fun things on the line. Uh, So more to come on that. We're then going to jump into our touchdown scores. We are super excited for this this year. Uh, Not only did we, but we know you guys made a lot of money following us in our touchdown scores last year. And we are back ready to roll again. And then we are going to go with our bold predictions of the week. So each week we'll come in with some bold predictions, um, try and go and speak speak things into existence. Uh, I know I'm sticking with things on my favorite team going into week one for my bold prediction. And then as always, we're going to end it with the dad zone. We've got dad questions. We've got life as being a dad managing our babies and bets. So if you're excited, I'm excited. Boys, you ready to roll? Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right, so let's kick it off with our pod picks. So what we're going to do here is we look at the card, uh, and each of us come with one game, one game that we feel super confident about putting our money on the line and putting it out for all of you to either follow or fade. And so we each are coming prepared with one game, and we're going to send it over to Mr. No Days Off first to start us. What do we got for week one pod picks? I'm taking the Washington football team plus one at home over the Chargers. A couple reasons for this. Chargers um, are rebuilding their offensive line. It's not very good. It wasn't good last year. But the Washington football team is a top five D line. It seems like they've picked uh, either D tackle or DN the last four or five drafts. It's definitely the strong suit of their team. Number two, Eckler did not practice to, uh, today, which is Wednesday. Takes away one of his top weapons. Uh, number three, 
is I'm feeling a big, and I'm talking big, sophomore slump coming for Justin Herbert. And you don't say that. Yeah, I said it. I said it, and I mean it. Don't get and, into it. And number four, Fitzmagic. Okay, Fitzmagic with a talented team around him. Unlike when he played the last two years for the Dolphins, he made, let me tell you what Fitzpatrick did. He made Mike Gesicki, 600 yards for Gesicki in 2019, 700 yards uh, in 2020 for Gesicki, and Devontae Parker, 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns when he played 16 games with Fitzmagic. He makes people around him better, and that's why the Washington football team is going to beat the Chargers at home. Wow. I like it. Not only coming with the team, but backing it up with some stats. Uh, we'll see if those stats were actually valid. We're going to have Maddie stats check what you just said, but I'm actually, I'm proud of you with that. I mean, you made up four reasons knowing very well that the only reason was Fitz magic being on that damn team. Love him. <laughs> Love him. That's it. I mean, that is a tough defense. I, I disagree with the sophomore slump. You guys know, and you guys will hear probably all season long, I'm very invested in Herbert. I don't think a, a second-year slump is coming, but Maddie Stats, what do you think about that pick? All right, so we got 56% of the cash on Washington and 48% of the tickets. The Chargers actually made some solid improvements to their O-line this offseason, uh, drafting a first-round offensive lineman. And they actually match up really well on paper against uh, the football team's front seven with a minor advantage. Even if they didn't make those changes, I feel pretty comfortable with Herbert, who has a 99.4 passer rating when under pressure, which is somehow, which this makes absolutely no sense, two points higher than his passer rating from a clean pocket. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. He's good under pressure, and he's always under pressure, apparently. Yeah, so I don't know if I'd go all the way to sophomore slump, but he 100% is a regression candidate. Uh, that number that number has to switch. A uh, few call-outs on Washington. So they got a 29% advantage on their own line against the run, and McLaurin is expected to be matched up against Michael Davis on the majority of his routes, where he's got a really big advantage. Final interesting stat here is that Fitzmagic has a turnover-worthy play on 4.5% of his throws. And just to throw Herbert out there, Herbert does it on 2.3%. Can you can you clarify that last stat? What is that, a, a turnover-ready? Turnover-worthy throw. So essentially, PFF goes in and they grade every single throw. And the worst graded throws are classified as turnover-worthy. So it's a really steady, stable stat. They've done this for like 20 years worth of games. And it's one of the best stats for predicting a quarterback's future performance. And you want the higher ratio? No, lower. You want the lower. Got it. Okay, so Herbert's I'm gonna need 50% two safer <laughs> than Fitzmagic. Um, there's no surprise there. Is Fitzy not one of the riskiest? I wonder how he compares against the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, Tua. You know what? Let's mark this down. I want Tua's stats. I'm gonna need, <laughs> I, need, I'm gonna I want that stat every time. How did yes. I not know about that? Oh, man. So Tua turnover oh, that was play cool. on 3.78% of throws. And I know you're not going to be able to get this. I would love a league average just so I can get like a mental barometer, you know, of like. Yeah, I cannot give you that. 
<laughs> on the fly. We'll get it posted. Uh, I'm interested in that. Yes. All right. Let's not confuse them. So we got Chargers, Washington. Teddy's going plus one with the Redskins. Yep. Okay, I take like the points at home. I like the way the the market is swinging here. Like it's good to see for those of you who might not look at this often. It's good to see that the percentage of tickets and the percent percentage of money. You want to see higher amount of money than tickets, right? What that means is there's there's less bets on that team, but they're the bigger bets. So they're the people who typically bet a lot of money and they bet more often. And so they know what's going on there. So that's a good thing to see for Washington. I think Eckler's probably the biggest news. Uh, if he plays, makes the Chargers a much stronger team. Without Eckler, they're going to look at Jackson and Kelly to step up. And I just don't know if with that defense, if, if they're ready to handle that. So I'm going to follow that pick. I'm going to take the Redskins. Oh, shit. Defense, defense early in the season, always ready to go versus the offense. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to play Washington week one. I think they're going to come out swinging, and Herbert will probably struggle. I am going to uh, I'm going to fade Teddy there. One, because you always fade Teddy. And two, I don't believe Fitzmagic is a good quarterback. I think he makes people into good fantasy players around him. But you look at his overall record, he's not that great. Nobody's ever given him a chance to start. And there's a reason why over 15 years, nobody's given him a chance to start. So I'm going with the Chargers. All right. Awesome. Uh, So let's pass it over to you, Matt, then. Who do you got for week one? Who's your lock of the week? All right. So... I'm a stats guy here, so I'm just all honesty, not a huge fan of going too heavy in week one betting. Not a lot of stats, not a lot of data out there. We don't really know every how everything's going to work in all the teams that have come across here. So, but the game that I'm circling in on, because we got to make a pick this week, is the Broncos-Giants. And what I see is a top five defense playing against a Giants team that hasn't gotten a ton of work together as an offensive unit this season. I look at Teddy Bridgewater, and I really think he's going to be solid. He's not good. He's not spectacular, but he's going to be a bus driver. And with that defense and them adding Patrick Sertain this year, I think they're going to look really good. Stats here to back that one up. Uh, When we look at the cash, we got 51% of the cash on the Broncos and 62% of the tickets with them. The line was at 2.5 last Wednesday. It jumped to three yesterday. The Giants offensive line, which was one of the worst in the league last year, looks to be completely overmatched in this game with a negative 29% disadvantage against the pass and a 41% against the run. Uh, Wide receiver cornerback matchups, kind of surprised. I did not realize the uh, Giants had cornerbacks as well graded as they did. So there's really not a significant advantage in that wide receiver cornerback side. So... I'm going to take the Broncos. Got it. Interesting pick for week one, going with a new starter, first-year starter in a new system. Still surprised he beat out Locke for that role. I thought Locke was more promising than that. I mean, coming out, he he, I think his first couple of games, he came out swinging, got injured, and now Teddy Bridgewater's a starter in Denver. And we're picking them on week one? Yeah, so if this is the third year, right, for uh, the, the Denver coach, what's his name? Uh, begins with an F. I, Fangio, yes. Third year, I think he needs some Ws. 
you know, he might his seat might be getting a little warm. And even though Locke has the higher ceiling, I, I think he's like, all right, let me just start Bridgewater maybe, and we'll transition to Locke if I can get a couple W's under my belt. I, I don't know. That That's my feeling because I agree. Like, if you're going to draft a guy in the second round, you're going to start him, you know, last year, and you might as well start him again this year. But Or Teddy just beat him out. And, you know, I, I mean, Teddy's he's I mean, not he's, bad. He's not bad. He's like something crazy, like still like 25 years old, maybe. Like something very young you wouldn't expect. Like he's been in the league forever. He's probably he, not 25. but He, he took three years off for an ACL injury. <laughs> yeah, he's probably not 25. <laughs> he's in his 20s. 100% in his 20s. He, and, he, and how long was he injured with that ACL? I mean, that ACL, I know it was bad in the playoffs, right? In the playoffs, I think two it was. Two full years off. Yeah, probably. two full years off. Two years with the Saints. I mean – did but he, he's, maybe he was one of those 20 year olds that came to the league. Cause I agree. He's, he's like 28, 28 years old, 28, 28, 28. Oh, nailed it. All right. So, you know, he, I guess he's got a little more experience. I do like Noah Fant. Good option for Bridgewater. They've got a lot of weapons on the outside. A lot of weapons. Jerry Judy could explode this year. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that scares me with the Broncos is the way the market's going right now. Right. I think he said there's, there's more, a lot more tickets on the Broncos versus the cash. And so it might just be a little shiny object thinking the Giants are going to be real bad and a lot of people going to the Broncos. So that's my yeah. only hesitation. Teddy, Teddy, what do you think? I'm going to follow him. I don't think Danny Dimes is good. Barkley's not playing the whole game, I'm sure. You know, he'll get eased back into it. Galladay didn't fucking practice all all offseason. And I got a, I got a bone to pick with Galladay. So he's going to be on my shit list all year. I, th- I think the Broncos will, will win it. Does Barkley start week one? Yeah. But okay. like, it's one of those like every other series or he's not going to be on a pitch count. Yeah, he will be. I agree. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, the game's in at home, the Giants. Okay. Giants open at home. I do like the Giants corners. Logan Ryan had a big year, arguably a Pro Bowl year. Um, I, I guess Teddy Bridgewater. I'm gonna fade. I'm gonna fade this pick, and the reason I'm gonna fade it is really because of of where the money is right now. A lot more tickets, a lot less money. So, I know it's still early in the week. It's only Wednesday when we're recording this, so things could change. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the Giants. And to be really honest, for those who follow the page, it's because I got a Danny Dimes rated rookie mint condition ten back in the mail today, and I'm really hoping that he comes out swinging week one. Yeah, I know he's not, but all right, cool. All right. All right. So, uh, Maddie Stats coming in with his lock of the week as the Denver Broncos. What do you got that, for us, Mato? That brings it to me. So, my game is the 49ers versus the Lions. Uh, the current line, the Niners are favored by seven and a half. Uh, and I'm taking the Niners in this game with the points. Um, I think they're coming out of training camp, the healthiest they've been since their Super Bowl run. Um, that defense is solid. Their running game is going to be solid. And I think the Lions are on a down year. Jared Goff coming over on the trade with Stafford. I think McFay has done a, I think he's underappreciated for what he did to hide Jared Goff and really make him look like a starting quarterback in the NFL and get paid. I think he is going to be very vulnerable with the Lions and He's going to show us who he really is this year. I'm going to take the Niners in a blowout win in week one. 
Matt, what do you got? Uh, all right. So stats wise on this one, we got 72% of the cash and 77% of the tickets are on San Fran. Uh, line's been rock solid, hasn't moved in a month, uh, which realistically, there's been really no breaking news on any of these. Uh, both O-lines have minimal advantages passing wise, uh, but the 49ers have an eye-popping 69% advantage against the run, which happens to be the largest advantage in the league. So I'm going to follow uh, Amato with the 49ers on this one. So we're all on board for this. Um, mostly I'm following because Mike Shanahan is an absolute offensive genius. Um, very similar to the Broncos week one. We don't know what we're getting, but we got a rock solid defense and we got a very good bus driver as a quarterback. All right. I get it. I'm following you. I, I can't, I can't imagine that. I thought that I thought the lions have more talent, but they really, they really don't. And then additionally, the one part that makes me nervous here is Dan Campbell. So the, Dan Campbell's coaching could go two ways. So we can get the Rex Ryan effect where the, he, he really raises the play and everybody gets on board behind him. And it only lasts two or three years. He burns bright and then goes down. Agreed. Or Live through it. he's an absolute caveman who can't understand analytics or modern football. And this goes as like a one-year coaching. Yeah, he's a big knee guy. He, he wants to bite knees. He really wants to punch people in the mouth. I, I, I think, I don't think there's enough talent for him to turn this around this year. It might it may happen next year, but I don't think they're doing much and this I, year. I, I just, I just think Goff is going to really struggle with the weapons he has around him, and coming off the play action with that defensive line with the Niners, he's going to have to get the ball out quick. I could see this being a long day. And they don't have Stafford that they normally do, who's the backdoor killer when it comes to spreads. In the fourth quarter, he'll put up 21 unanswered points to make it a close game. Goff's not going to come out and do that. I think the Niners get out early, take this away. We're all on board with the Niners, which does make me nervous, but it's a new season. So let's be optimistic that that's a good thing and not a bad thing. All right. So that is our pod picks for this week. We will post those on the page as we get a little bit closer Always want to remind you, we are recording on a Wednesday, so any big injuries or things that change, we will update you. But this is how we're thinking as of right now. We'll make sure we post these before the weekend. Now let's move on to our my personally my favorite second segment, and I think the page's favorite segment, which is our touchdown scorers. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback over the offseason. We took some ideas from our our followers that we're going to incorporate here. And so we are going to put together our top TD scores for the week. Let's be clear. We're not putting together a parlay right now. We are going to go with our top scores. So you can mix and match these how you want. And we've got eight really, really strong candidates on the board for this week. So I want to open it up first to you, Maddie Stats. How are we feeling about our touchdown scores this week? And did I miss anything in explaining what we're going to try to cover here? No, no, no. I think you nailed it there. Uh, before we get into the scores, just a quick uh, little bit of information on how we came up with this. So week one's tough uh, for this. So you really don't know a lot about utilization. You don't know about goal-to-go carries. You don't really know who a quarterback's favoring or anything. we got all new teams, coordinators. Everything's moving around. So week one, we really tried to focus on players that have 
roles that have not changed from last year. Um, stable things that are going on. Uh, coming in next week, we're going to have a lot better data. But this week, we're really looking at a lot of scores that's roles have not shifted and are just really in a solid, not sharing, not splitting, just rock solid players. Love it. And so we've got about eight to 10 or so. I'm sure a couple will pop up as we start going of our top TD scores. And uh, before the weekend, we will put in a parlay. We always put in a pod parlay of our top four to five touchdown scores. So we will post that for you. Um, but if you're anyone like us who likes to make some money on these prop bets, the touchdown scores to me is something that I just feel like FanDuel hasn't caught up with yet uh, on the odds, or maybe we're just really onto something because we, we hit a lot of these last year. We plan on doing it again. Mr. No Days Off, you want to kick us off with uh, maybe your top touchdown score for this week? Yeah. Uh, let's get started with Derrick Henry. You know, he's a gets all the carries he gets goal line carries he probably gonna touch the ball what 25 times 20 to 25 times minimum and uh he gets the goal line carry and he's six to 260 pounds 250 pounds so he's a monster so yeah i think it's a pretty easy one to start off with maddie stats what do you got so uh i'm going with travis kelsey so browns have a pretty good advantage over the Chiefs in the secondary uh, this year. So the Browns have definitely made some changes on that side to help address things. Uh, it's interesting the Chiefs really, besides Kelsey and Hill, they don't have a really good second or third receiver, um, which is just interesting. It just hadn't crossed my mind until then. Uh, but I'm going with Kelsey. Um, so he's expected to be covered by Owusu Koromoa. Nice job. Well done. Yeah, that... That was like six rehearsals. Uh, can you? <laughs> but just like picture week one of your NFL career, you're a late second round pick. You make it, you get to start, and your first assignment as a linebacker is you got to cover Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna learn a couple things because he's yeah. gonna he's gonna catch a buck fifty and two touchdowns on you. All right, I like it. I think there are a lot of scores this week that I like. Um, the one I'll go with this time around is a regular on the page here. I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb going against the chiefs, they're going to do their best to try to keep their offense on the field. They're going to really try to stretch it, try to slow this game down. Uh, they have a good ad advantage against, uh, Casey's defensive line and they're coming out a little banged up coming out of training camp as well. So I really would like to see. This touchdown happened early. I think the later the game goes, and if the Chiefs get off to a lead, we might see a little more of, help me out here, what's his backup? Kareem Hunt, thank you. Uh, we'll probably see a little more Kareem Hunt in the passing game. So I'd love Nick Chubb, but I'd like it to happen in the first half. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, that's a, that's a damn good pick. He's a he's a good running back. He got a three-year he got a little deal, didn't he? A three-year, like thirty million or something deal in the off-season. So that's pretty damn good. Should be happy with that. Oh yeah. Now the next guy that I want to take is CMC, Christian McCaffrey, and I'm looking up these touchdown numbers for him. He's a pretty good football player. That Christian he McCaffrey, healthy. He he's 
he might be the guy I'd want to build my team around uh, from an offensive standpoint. But he is playing the Jets. And you guys know how I feel about the Jets. Yeah, but we also know how the Jets are as a defense. We got a new a defensive team. coordinator yeah. in town. Mm-hmm. We got a revamped D line. But that's not like going to be enough to keep players him. to like ACL injuries or Achilles. Oh, we yeah, have Carl Lawson. You want to talk about Carl Lawson real quick? That's what I get for opening my mouth about Carl Lawson. I was raving yep. about his training camp. Listen, I was over at Amato's house, and Amato's like, listen, I got this guy, Carl Lawson. He says he's fast. He's going to be awesome. He's like, oh, it's really great, man. I'm, I'm happy for you. No joke. A week later, what do you get? Achilles? Done. ACL? I think it was the ACL. Oh. We also lost another linebacker as well. But we did pick up Shaq Lawson, who apparently looked sharp. A little bit slimmed down, so I like that. Yeah, he's but an ex-Dolphin, no. so you're fucked. Everything I was going to say there, not enough to keep McCaffrey out of the end zone. I yep. agree. He might score multiple times, uh, so safe bet there. Matty, what do you got? All right, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Again, role has not changed. Gets a huge percentage of the carries. He is not really sharing the backfield at all with Matheson. And then also looking at that O-line, D-line advantage. It's one of the largest this week, 54% over the Bengals' run D. So Dalvin Cook going against the Bengals' run D. Is he healthy going into this year? Yes. Has he had any injuries? No. He's very healthy. I believe healthy. he is not not healthy. Not wow. not healthy. You couldn't just say he's healthy? He's, he's a dangerous man when he's healthy. I mean, he was having – do you remember the season he was having before he got hurt last year? I think he got uh, hurt last yeah. year. And uh, he's he got not on Teddy's year? fantasy team this year, so he's ready for a breakout. He had like he had 1,300 yards on my fantasy team last year. There's a couple options here. I'm going to go Alvin Kamara. And the big reason for Alvin Kamara is, you know, his role, not only has it changed, it might have even grown a bit uh, with the recent news of cutting Murray. I don't think that the Saints intended of cutting Murray. Um, He had a great season, his best season, coming up over four yards per carry last year. Um, But they tried to squeeze him. They tried to get him to take a pay cut before the guaranteed money kicks in on Saturday. He's out. That means a bigger workload for Kamara in the goal line. And you're really competing against Tyson Hill, which I think they're going to make sure they get their touches. Kamara's their guy. They want to keep him happy. And you got to take some pressure off of the new quarterback stepping in, trying to fill in big shoes for Drew Brees. So I'm going to go Alvin Kamara touchdown. What do you guys think? Two two things. Uh, Sean Payton did come out a week or two ago and say that Tony Jones Jr. is the number two back. So I think that's why they were trying to squeeze Latavius um, because the undrafted rookie had a really good camp and is uh, will be getting some touches. Uh, second thing is nope lost it let's move it good <laughs> let's only move on. one thing only one objection i can overcome that maddie stats what do you think about that one love kamara and i'm gonna follow up with james robinson for our last td scorer so with etn going down he's not really sharing that backfield you got carlos hyde um urban meyer does make me a little bit nervous because been a weird offseason uh, for the Jags. I mean, they're hiring and firing the same coach within three days. Just seems to be doing wacky stuff. He's got Tebow coming in, at, in and out. So Urban Meyer makes me a little bit nervous, but there's really nobody who's going to be getting the ball heavy in Jacksonville. 
So I'm going to go James Robinson. Also, 43% advantage, Jags O-line. I like that stat. O-line uh, stats on this pod. Yeah, I, I keep bringing the O-line stats. Real quick, getting back to the Dalvin Cook stats. 2020, 312 attempts, 1,500 yards. Average five yards a carry, 16 touchdowns, 44 receptions, 350 yards, and one receiving touchdown. That, my friends, is what we like to call career year. That's a monster year. If he can keep that going, the, the Vikings are going to be 6-11. and 11. <laughs> <laughs> Almost said 6-10. and 10. Had to remind myself we got an extra game this year, boys. That's going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. And... Let, let's just, before we wrap this segment up, let's all go around quick. And for, just for the odds standpoint, somebody that might not be so obvious, but probably has really good odds if they do get in the end zone. Uh, I'll kick us off. I really like... What jet player? <laughs> Elijah Moore. I really like Tevin Coleman to get in the end zone. Uh, <laughs> No, I was not going to go with a Jets player. Um, honestly, for me, I think there's a couple big names that have come up uh, over the last week or so. I think Tanya. Tanya, the tight end for the Packers. Uh, from what I've been hearing out of camp, he looks good. Rodgers really trusts him. They got a lot of weapons. Uh, I think Tanya's one I would get. He's plus 350 uh, from an odd standpoint, so it's got a big payout if he gets in the end zone. I'd go Tanya if you want to take a chance on a touchdown score. Tanya. If he gets in the end zone, I'll, I'll say his name correctly. Right now, I, Tanya to me. <laughs> Very emasculating. Go like him, Tanya. <laughs> Tanya. All right. You guys got any uh, long shot TD scores? Uh, how about Zach Moss? Okay. Someone's got to take control of that backfield. The Buffalo's got a great offense. But I just feel like they got to be a little bit more balanced this year. Maybe Moss steps up. Maybe Singletary does. I don't know. But one of the two backs has to has to do something. I like that. It's a good pick. Anybody, Matt? Anybody come to mind? I don't know if this uh, classifies exact, exactly as a long shot. But I think Dak's going in tomorrow. I guess this isn't going to work. Rushing touchdown? Running. I think Dak's going to go in for a rushing touchdown. And the reason why I'm classifying it as a long shot is the guy's ankle was like shattered in four pieces. But really good defensive line. He's going to be running for his life half the time. So I think Dak punches one in. All right. Well, that's a good segue. We could have saved that for our next segment, uh, which is our bold predictions of the week. Uh, and I think that's a bold prediction for Dak going in the end zone, um, especially coming off that injury. Do you really want Dak running around trying to get in the end zone coming off that injury as a Cowboys fan? Look, if you take Dak's legs away from him, like he's not the quarterback we just paid $160 million. Yeah. So like that rushing aspect is what opens up so much of the Cowboys game. So... I need Dak to be mobile. I mean, I don't really want him running around, but if he's not running around, he's like a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Yeah, and if you take his legs away, it's going to have a tough time seeing over that offensive line. you got a lot of tall people on that old line. (laughs) 
All right, let's move it on to our bold predictions of the week. We are going to come to you and we're going to give our predictions. We record midweek, so a lot can change. Um, but this is something where we each are going to go out and throw out a bold prediction. And we're going to see how, see how we do. Who wants to kick us off? Mr. No Days off. I know you are excited for this one. Why don't you start us off? How about uh, a guy named Tua Tungavaloa? Ever heard of him? He's going to throw five touchdowns. Five touchdowns five. against the Patriots? And let me tell you why. A couple of reasons. Number one, they don't have Gilmore. Gilmore is on IR, Pup. I forget yeah. which one. Yep. yep. Glad the Jets play them week two. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the, they still have JC Jackson, but you know it's, it's a shot. He's one of the top corners in the league. Number two, we're running an RPO offense, okay? I've done some research on this offense, okay? Basically, what happens in just very quickly is depending on the defensive formation, he either picks out a D end or a linebacker, and he says hike, and he looks at that one player. And if they take a step forward, he takes it out of the running back's gut, and he throws a pass behind him. And if he doesn't, and that player drops back or something like that, then he just runs the ball. And the Eagles uh, won with it with Nick Foles a few years ago, something similar. I think Tua, he did it in college and lit up college. So I think he's going to light up uh, until NFL defenses uh, catch up to it. So we're saying five throwing touchdowns. Yeah, ready? Tua. I'm going to go one more for you. I'm going to go one better for you. Two to Gasicki, one to Parker, one to Ahmed, the backup running back, and one to Smythe, the backup tight end. That's five. Count them all. One, two, three, four, five. Wow. Well, anyone we who likes to get same... started because I tuned out the moment he said five. <laughs> and <laughs> that's our bold five, prediction. It was just like, wah, 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 that, that, that's what we're going for. We're going for that in this segment. We don't want something that happens every couple of weeks or every once in a while. We want something. We want a bold prediction. He brought it. Five passing touchdowns from Tua. He even gave you guys a same-game parlay. So those of you who are listening and you're watching that Dolphins game, he already picked the scores, too. I'm, I'm um, just going to guess. DraftKings <laughs> is not putting odds on the backup team. <laughs> what I will say is Vegas currently has the line set at 1.5 touchdowns for Tua. Hammer that fucking over. Wow. Over touchdowns for the props. Write, write that. Write that down. Two touchdowns, all you need to throw? I'm Two writing it down. What bat. I'm writing right now is Tua under one and a half is what I'm writing. <laughs> Good. I hope you lose all your money. <laughs> oh, no. You I, know what? I will say this is not going to be great. This is not going to be great podcasting. But whenever I'm going through a stat or something and Amato picks up the pen and writes it down, it feels so good. I don't know what he's <laughs> writing. It might look like Charlie Day scribbles, but <laughs> it feels really good when I see him pick up that pen. Yeah, a lot of times I don't write anything. I've been drawing. It's like kind of like a page in a coloring book. There's really not it's many just words. A doodle. Here. It's just like another doodle, like another square, right? Yeah, just something like I want to come square. back to. Yeah. If any, if anybody else read read this, they'd be like, "What is going on over here?" But I'm tracking it. All right. So there's our bold prediction from a Dolphins got? fan going for the Dolphins quarterback, Matty Stats. What do you got for us? Cleveland goes to Arrowhead. And upsets the Chiefs. What's that six and a half line? What's that line? Six and uh, right now, market that six and a half. Wow! Shocks the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They too much on the offensive line this year. Everybody's shifting around, moving this, that, the other. 
too much. I think I have no, I have no doubt in the Chiefs this year. I just think week one, not a lot of continuity on that O line, and I think the Browns are going to give them problems. They do have Miles Garrett, and uh, they got that other guy that doesn't get a lot of sight. He was first overall pick by the Texans. Oh God, who was the first overall pick by the Texans? Oh, uh, like, the defense, uh, Clowney. Yep, thank you. Yeah, they do have Clowney rushing from the other side. He doesn't get a lot of sacks, but he's he's an intimidating player. That would be a big win for Cleveland in Week One. All right, so for my bold prediction, I'm going to keep it in the AFC East. Um, Shocking. There's a couple new quarterbacks in the AFC East. Um, one of which is one that I'm really excited about. And so my bold prediction is Zach Wilson will lead the AFC East in total QBR in week one. He's competing against Mac Jones, Tua, Mm -hmm. and Josh Allen. All right. Josh Allen's really the one I'm worried about. Josh Allen's going into Pittsburgh. Got a tough matchup there. I'd love to know what the secondary matchup looks like from the stat side. But I think Zach Wilson is prepared going against a not-so-sharp secondary in Carolina and has a chance to be the leading QBR, and I don't think it has to be great. I don't think it has to be top five in the league. It has to be number one in the AFC East in week one. Right, yeah, so you want happen. me to give you a little wide receiver cornerback matchup rundown on that game real quick? Let's hear that. Corey Davis, 59% matchup advantage, which is classified as average. Eliza Moore, below average. Keenan Cole, below average. All right. That's okay. Crowd, hopefully Crowder comes off the COVID list. He is vaccinated, so if he's symptom-free, he can play. That's a, that. I bet you that would swap. There's not much data on Elijah Moore, so I'm not know what we're using there, but we'll see. It's, ex- it's an excellent point. I don't know. He looks pretty solid to me. Haven't seen him play football in a Jets jersey, but that's my bold prediction of the week. So we've got three bold predictions. Tua with five touchdowns. Zach Wilson, number one QBR in AFC East. And the Cleveland Browns are going to upset the Chiefs in week one to kick it off. So we'll see how we do. Uh, They're both for a reason. I like mine the best, obviously. um, But we'll see where we end up. (laughs) And uh, that pretty much wraps it up for our, our betting segments of, of this week. Uh, and as always, we're not only talking about bets, but we're balancing our babies and our bets. And so we're going to finish it off each episode uh, with our dad zone and talk a little bit about what it's like being a dad uh, heading into the football season and maybe some things that happened during the off season. Uh, and I'll kick it off uh, with some exciting news. You are now entering the dad zone. Go ahead. I just wanted to Baby number that. two came for me August 11th. Lucas is here to join Carter. Uh, and um, I'll tell you, baby two, baby number two is a whole different ballgame. I'm tell still new it. into it, but it's a whole different ballgame so far. How much harder is the second one? You know, I can't measure it yet because it's only been a couple weeks and I've got yeah. very limited sleep. So I don't know if I'm, you know, thinking clearly. But what I will say is probably not before when there was one, it was like, hey, you you get him this time and I'll get him next time. Yeah. And now it's, hey, you get that one and I'll get that one. Yeah. That's been the, a little bit tough. Uh, 
well, first, congratulations. Matt said a little uh, something that stuck with me. He said it's the old divide and conquer. Everyone's Good. healthy. Uh, we could all use some sleep. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I myself am trying to prepare for Sunday and like what that's going to look like. With, Ooh, you know, yeah. What's your TVs game plan? And- talk, talk talk to me about your strategy Sunday. Well, I got the TV set up early, so yep. TVs are already ready to go. Two the eighty TVs inches set on up. the uh, TV is on the wall. Eighty-two on the wall. Yeah, sixty in the corner. Eighty-two <laughs> went crazy this year. Year two, I don't really know. I think Carter, we did a good job training him for nap time around kickoff. As you guys know, that's one of the things I really hang my hat on. Is Carter goes down for a nap right at one p.m. and I do that specifically for the seventeen weeks of the NFL season. Yeah. So I I been I'll get I'll get the first half of the Jets game, which is always exciting. And last year I didn't want to see the second half, so that didn't yep. matter. But I think Carter will be excited to watch football this year. Um, I've been trying to get him excited about it. Baby number two probably going to sleep and might 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 hold him a bit if the yeah, Jets. Yeah, that's are what I'm saying. He's so well. young that you could probably just hold him or like put him in that like docketot next to you and just let him chill there. Yeah, my problem you know? with you know watching the you know the Jets game is that like not really sitting still very often, a lot of moving around. Yeah, you know he might just take him from me and say you just just go over there. <laughs> Matt, what do you have going on in, in the dad world? Um, well, before I even go into dad world, there, uh, I got some advice for you on two. Uh, enjoy it now because the little one, you know, it's. It's simple to solve their problems. They just cry and this and that. When they get older and you've got two and one wants to go left and the other one wants to go right and neither one's happy and left, the other one's not following them, absolute chaos. Uh, it's, yeah. the When they're a baby, it's actually not that bad. Like I'm sure Carter's probably helping, grabbing diapers, doing this. Like he's, you know, he's into helping. When they get to like, I'm at, almost six and two and a half and they want to they just can't they can't align and like i'm a logical person i'm a reasonable person so i try to speak logic to them and you know today uh you know they were just fighting over uh rubble you know they both needed to go rubble uh paw patrol they both they both needed to go to bed with rubble and uh my youngest one by crying because like we just gave up, just sent her to a room, like you cry this one out. And then the five-year-old just came out after like 10 minutes, like I can't sleep with this crying, walked out, walked into her room, gave her rubble, just walked back into her other room. She seems reasonable too. Yeah, that seems like a good big so sister. Just, just not going to deal with this crying. She's just like had it, wanted to go to bed, couldn't fall asleep with the crying. I gotta say, I, I haven't. It, maybe you haven't gotten to it yet, but I haven't heard any advice. You've just kind of been warning me about yep. what's How to come. How much is, is gonna there, suck? Can, no, is there a worse. secret to this? this? No, 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 no. The advice is enjoy this time. Okay. Because right. once the second one is mobile and they go in different <laughs> directions, it's a whole thing. And the other piece of advice is, you know, divide and conquer. Um, I always said that. Take the baby. Let Carter go with mom. Carter needs attention. The baby, you can do anything you need to do with the baby in your arms while watching the game. Mm. So this is the one year that that kid is not mobile. That will be. So if you get the option to divide and conquer, surprise your wife and go with the baby. Boom. I'll take yeah, it. That's good advice. Got to make sure she doesn't listen to this podcast because yeah, need skip that to this be my one, honey. Idea. Yeah. Sheesh. All right. Uh, what about you, Teddy? How are things going over there? 
going pretty well. Uh, my boy turned two recently. And um, that brings me to our dad question of the week because he is now on the why uh, stage, I guess you would say. So every single thing I say, it's why. And it's rough. It's really rough because after the third or fourth one, I don't even really want to answer. I don't want to be disrespectful. Like I just don't want to straight ignore them, right? That's not nice. But like, I, how many times am I going to say why? How many times am I going to answer the question why? Also, he's also saying what a lot. Like, like hey, Luca, what? Like, hmm, that's how you answer me? Like, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> let's try that one again. I wonder who he, who he hears that from. that is such a good point i never you know i never thought about that like you know really just turning around and looking myself in the mirror but yeah absolutely 100 percent. he doesn't have the same attitude that i give but i'm sure it's coming yeah well the why the why stage i'm in that as well so i'm curious to hear what type of questions you're getting because it is it is tough to tough to keep up with and and eventually you just kind of run out of answers yeah. And just kind of give up and, and, and just take whatever they're recommending. Like, yep, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> See, I go with the really aggressive path of I am going to out why you. Like, I am going to why longer and harder than you are. So I will just keep answering questions until you give up asking why. I don't think I have the brain capacity to do that. So you just follow just up give the it question a try with another question. Season. Just give it a try. Just see who's got who's more stubborn, and see if you can outlast. Your I am kid. pretty stubborn. <laughs> Just decide that you're gonna win, and then you you can't lose. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we do that when you know he doesn't want to eat or he throws his shit on the floor, and I make him pick it up. Like I I I got the stubbornness down, the behavior yeah. stubbornness I got down, but the wise is like, oh my god. Anyway, besides that, he's been great. He's like talking in like full sentences now. It's so cool. The interaction, you know, like he comes home. We got today, we came home in the car and he's just like, I want to go in the garage. I was like, oh, okay. Like that's a whole sentence. That's, that's a full one. Yeah. So it's pretty I, cool I, to see. The development is just, the, you know, the coolest thing in the world to watch that so day by just day. Just over the off season, how much has yeah. changed. I know. Like he's going to, you know, uh, my wife and I have talked about it and, He's going to get like the first quarter to half Sunday. And then we're going to see where we are. If we're losing, because the if we're losing, he's probably going to have to be taken upstairs because I want to get agitated. The patience is going to wind down. But if if we're winning, he's not moving. He's not going any. I don't care if he cries. He's sitting right. That door's closing. And we're, he's sitting right there. Yep. He'll be wearing the same outfit every Sunday as long oh, as they're yeah, winning. He's got, right? he's got the two well, jerseys, so let's not worry about that. Yeah. Do they even make two jerseys, or is that just like a, oh, no. a jersey you got to customize and put the name two on to that? Oh, no. It's one of the. I, okay. I'm going to look up right now the highest selling jersey in 2020, and two is going to be in the top three, guaranteed. Him and I both have one. I actually really? bought everybody. I guess the Jags Tebow jersey. It's probably in the top three. Definitely. Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones sold out pretty quick in New England. No, that's not true. Oh, (laughs) baby. Here we go. Are you ready for him? Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Tom Brady. Number three, Tua Tagovailoa. 
Number four, Lamar Jackson. And number five, Russell Wilson. Tua, number three in the league. I think we should end the podcast like that. Who's Can still we beat buying that? Tom, who's still buying Tom Brady jerseys? Because he went to the Bucks, so they, like, you know, all the Tom Brady dick suckers have to get New Jersey. Tw- to, like twenty. That actually just invalidates your whole point. Why? Like Tua being number three. Like everybody's got Tua jersey. Like everybody's got Bra- uh, Mahomes jersey. Like this is his first opportunity to sell a jersey, so that's why it's high. But like this year, it's not even going to be in the neighborhood. Like he might okay. not crack top twenty-five. Okay, so Burrow, so he beat out Burrow, and he beat out every other quarterback in the league, not named Brady or Mahomes. He beat out Herbert. He beat out every single Lamar Jackson. Small NFL market. MVPs. Small market. Small market. Yeah. And Wait, he's Hawaiian. He's, he's got a big family. Wait a minute. All of Hawaii. Wait a minute. Got two well, I can't believe you guys are trying to spin this right now. <laughs> is a top three selling jersey, and you guys are trying to fucking spin. We are not ending on Tua being a top three jersey, okay? <laughs> like Tua's not top three in anything. Top three jersey. I just read it for 2020. All right, you know, I'll give you top three jersey sales. Thank you. I'll take I'm, it. I'll gladly take it. He's I'm never going to give you anything else top three. <laughs> Bottom three, perfect. Oh man. All right. Well, that does it. That that'll wrap up our week one. Throw that in the bold prediction category, I guess you could say. But uh, it's good to be back, boys. This was fun. We'll clean it up. I'm sure we're a little bit rusty from the off season, but one thing we are confident about is the bets that we put out and the bets we'll put on the page. Uh, so good luck to all of you this year as we get ready. I personally am trying to like not remember that that feeling I get when the Jets are playing. I know it's close. But I'm just not quite there yet. Uh, so good luck to you all. Maddie Stats, tomorrow night, your Cowboys, good luck. Teddy, one of those games, don't really care who wins. I just know two is not throwing five touchdowns. It was fun, boys. Good luck to you. Betting with babies, good to be back. See you all next week. Later. <laughs>